0: not that I can take his place, but I just step, you know, I'm I'm uh, what you would say a, um, uh, what do you call it, a batter, you know, a substitute batter, or whatever. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's what I am. Okay. And I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be able to share the word of God. I love to share the word of God. It is just one. You know, um, Charles Spurgeon, Uh, used to before he as he was walking up into the pulpit he would say I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit said three times before he got there and if you know anything about Charles Spurgeon the power of the Holy Spirit worked through him Uh, he was an incredible he's called the prince of preachers and um, so I'm grateful to be able to be here with you today and uh, I want to share a message that the Lord gave me this week. It's uh, incredible. Uh, I'm just amazed how God gives a word. And at the, at the proper time. And I've, I've been there so often. And the title of my sermon today is A Prayer of Desperation. A prayer of desperation. Now, let me say right now, right, right up front, I took this sermon from somebody, okay? Uh, we, we, we pastors are good at that, all right? <laughs> we find a good one and we walk with it. We go with it. And so as I was reading in my devotional, O.S. Hawkins, a contemporary of mine, by the way, we went to seminary together, uh, he was the top of the class and uh, well, I was there and uh, <laughs> anyway um, he has written some incredible books and somebody gave me a book called the Prayer Code the Prayer Code and o s Hawkins has, has taken scripture and 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 showed us uh, how uh, to pray and and which way to pray and so uh, in this message, right here is his outline. And he takes the text from Habakkuk. Now, how many of you read Habakkuk regularly? I bet you can't even find it in the, in the Bible. And I, well, when, when I started to go to look it up, I had to go to the table of content, contents. It's right before Zephaniah. How many of you know where Zephaniah is? It's right after Nahum, okay? Nahum, Zephaniah, there is Habakkuk. A three-chapter book in the Old Testament. And my text is this, Habakkuk 1-2. He says, O Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear me. O oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help, and you will not hear me? We get a similar prayer or thought in Psalms. We see that often in Psalms, but David writes, Why, O oh Lord, do you stand far away? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? That's Psalms 10.1. Well, most prophets spoke to the people about what God wanted them to hear. They got a word from God, a message from God, and they would say, Thus saith the Lord. But this is not what Habakkuk did. Habakkuk spoke to God about what he saw and about what he was feeling. The question asked by him was born out of a burden that consumed him. And in this case, Habakkuk saw injustice, wrongdoing, oppression, violence, strife, and conflict. Does that resonate with us today? For we see that today. He faced a moral dilemma. How could a whole and loving God, who called Israel the apple of his eye, now allow a pagan, godless nation to besiege and ultimately destroy Jerusalem. How could that happen? If we're honest, most of us have felt this at one time or another we too have been burdened by what seems to be the inactivity of God on our behalf. We have bombarded the throne of grace with our prayers. We've asked for deliverance, for salvation, for healing, for restoration of relationships, for revival, only to feel like that our prayers only go as far as the ceiling. Am I resonating with you today, folks? Good. Because I felt like this is what we need to hear. We've been there, all of us. One time or another, we might not have prayed this exact prayer, but we've said it. Oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear? Now hear me now. If a good and all powerful God really does exist, why doesn't he answer our prayers for what we are convinced are good and right requests? We feel like we're praying the will of God, and yet we don't seem to be getting anywhere. Why does he continue to allow evil and suffering and pain in this world? Now some skeptics would argue either God is all powerful but not all good. Therefore he does not stop evil in its tracks. Or they would say God is all good but not all powerful. Thus he is powerless to stop the evil around us. Now this seems to be logical if you think about it. In fact... If he's really all-powerful, then he could eliminate all evil, pain, and suffering in an instant. Have you ever thought that before? Let's suppose for just a moment, God were to decree to end, to eradicate all evil at midnight tonight. At midnight tonight, all evil, all all, this would be gone. Man, that's a wonderful idea, isn't it? And we'd wake up tomorrow, and there would be no evil. But here's a problem, folks. If that happened at 1201, none of us would be here. None of us would be here. Why? Well, Jeremiah said that our hearts are deceitfully and desperately wicked. Ecclesiastes 9.3 says, This is an evil. There is an evil in all that is done under the sun. That one thing happens to all. Truly the hearts of the sons of men are full of evil. I, for one, am extremely grateful that as David said in Psalms 103, he has not dealt with us according to our sins nor punished us according to our iniquities. God has not stood by idly. In fact, he has done something miraculous and wonderful. He has sent a solution for evil. He sent his one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross. That's what he's done about evil. I listen often to uh, Christian music, contemporary Christian music. Uh, by the way, I don't listen to the recent Christian music. I listen to that. has been written back in the 70s and 80s, you know. It speaks to me. And one of them, there was a guy by the name of Dion Diamucci. You all remember Dia, Dion? Any of you old guys remember? The Wanderer? Okay. Uh, that, uh, uh, some other songs. Donna, Prima Donna, whatever. Well, Dion got saved. And he's produced these incredible albums. And one of the songs that I love is this. Only God can change a heart. Amen. Only God can change a heart. And you see, the change comes from the inside. Amen. It doesn't come from the outside. Man, you, you can take a person who is nasty and dirty and filthy and cleaning up and put, them on, put a, a nice watch on them, put a suit on them, but that did not change them. Only God can change a heart. Now, what I want to talk to you about, I want to share three things with you. There are three things, at least three things, Habakkuk discovered about prayer. About prayer. First of all, Habakkuk was focusing upon circumstances. Habakkuk was focusing on circumstances. Some people place their prayer on their circumstances. What's going on with them at the present time. And we all do that. We all do that. We we, we come under attack. We come under uh, uh, just just incredible circumstances. and, And we begin to focus on, oh, God, help me here. God, deliver me here. God, do something, do something, do something. We all do that, okay? And this is what Habakkuk was doing. He was seeing all the injustice and everything, and he was saying, God, God, why? I know we've all prayed that. Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry for help? And you will not hear. Where are you, God? Why don't you do something? When unfair circumstances are swirling all around us, we, pray, we place the focus of our prayers on them. And it leads us to ask these questions. But listen, my friends, there's a better way. A better way to focus in prayer. And that's the second point I want to bring up. Focusing through circumstances. Focusing through circumstances. Some people place their prayer focus through their present circumstances. Um, This morning, we got a disturbing message. One of the ladies in our former church in Mexico who lost her husband, she wrote and said, the house next door to us is on fire. Now understand me folks, in Mexico, the house next door is the house next door. I mean they're right. they're right there. And so they were very concerned and she was she was in panic that that fire would spread to their house and they, they would that she had lost her husband, she had three children, she has three children. And she said, please pray. Well, it did do some damage to the house. It destroyed the, the girl's uh, bedroom, but it didn't destroy the house, thank God. And one thing it did, uh, it didn't destroy her Bible. The room was destroyed, but that Bible was still intact right, right there. Now don't you think that's a God thing here? Amen. Habakkuk, Consuming prayer all of a sudden changed. And listen to this. The prophet changes his focus in chapter 2 when he climbs up the watchtower. And listen to this. To watch to see what he, God, will say to me. Did you hear that? Here he is over in chapter 1 saying, where are you God? Why, Why aren't you answering my prayer? And now he goes up to the watchtower to see what God will say to him. He begins to focus through his present challenges instead of on them. Perspective is very important in our prayer life. Habakkuk began to look at the issue at hand from God's perspective and not from his. Now, this was Joseph's prayer focus, too. You remember Joseph in Genesis. His brothers were jealous of him, his brothers sold him into slavery. He was unjustly accused and thrown into prison and forgotten. I mean, if anybody, if anybody, Had a case against God. Joseph had a case, didn't he? But listen to what he said when he saw his brothers eye to eye. Listen to what he said. Do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves. For God sent me before you to preserve life. You hear that? He's looking at it through... The circumstances. And listen to what he said. Then he goes on to say, You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. How could he say this? How could he say this? Because his prayer focus was through the circumstances. Placing his prayer focus through his circumstances led Habakkuk to conclude in chapter 2 the Lord is in his holy temple. What's he saying? The Lord is on his throne and he is still in charge. He's still in charge. But there's a third area here, folks, I want you to see. And this has been ported, This is important. Focus beyond circumstances. Focus beyond circumstances. Instead of saying, why God? Ask the question, what God? What God? What are you trying to show me? What are you trying to do in me? Now that takes a level of of Christian maturity, my friends. we find the prophet closing his book with these words. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit on the vines, the olives may fail, the fields yet no food, the flock may be cut off, no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will joy in the God of my salvation. Did you hear that? Did you hear that, church? I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. It sounds a lot like what Job said when he said, Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Yet will I trust him. God posed a question to me some years ago. And it was a frightening question. As I was praying and as I was seeking God, He said, Would you still trust me and believe in me even if I didn't use you anymore in this life? Well, that was a hard question. Here I am called to preach the gospel, here I am to be a minister, a missionary, a pastor. And God said, would you still trust me if I didn't use you anymore? Oh, that, that, I will to tell you what, folks, that was hard. But I had to say, yes, I'll trust you. Yes, I'll believe in you. Yes, I'll follow you. Habakkuk at first was, shake, was shaking his fist in the face of God. And blaming him for his desperate situation. So what changed in the life of Habakkuk? Focus. His focus. And the same thing can happen to you who are tempted to question, to accuse, and to blame God for what may seem unjust and not fair. Focus. Stop focusing your prayers on the circumstances Put your prayer through it and beyond it. If you will do this, you will begin to focus your prayers on what God wants from you and for you. You hear this, church? Do you hear it? And that's the question you need to ask. What are you teaching us, Lord? What are you showing us, Lord? What do we need, Lord? What do we need to do? Then you'll be like Habakkuk and find comfort only God can bring to you. Some years ago, there was a Christian musician by the name of Andre Crouch. Anybody ever heard of Andre? Okay. Incredible man, wonderful man. And he wrote some, uh, some wonderful songs. And as I was preparing this, man, this song came to me. And I began, to, I began to, to remember it. And I began to sing part of it. It's called Through It All. And Andre wrote this. I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had quest- questions for tomorrow. Tomorrow they have been times I didn't know right from wrong, but in every situation, God gave me blessed consolation that my trials come to only make me strong. And then he goes on to say, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. How many of you know that chorus? Let's sing it together, all right? Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. Just maybe. You're not at that level of trusting Jesus or depending upon his, on his word. But you want to. You need to. And it's time to be honest with God. saying, God, I you know, I, 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 uh, I really don't have that faith as I want. I, I really don't have that trust in you. I, uh, my, my prayer focus is all wrong. This is when we get to be honest with God. And you know what God does with that honesty? Oh, he takes it and he joins us in that. And he begins to work in us and begins to work on our faith, work on our trust, work on our dependency upon him. And that level begins to come up. Come up. What's God trying to say to you today? Jesus said over and over again in the book of Revelation, he who has an ear, let him or her listen to what the Spirit says. Do you have spiritual ears this morning? Are you hearing what God is saying? Or maybe you need to say, give me spiritual ears. I, I need to hear. I want to hear. Speak to me, Lord Jesus. Jesus. Speak to me now. Shall we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Habakkuk. We thank you for that wonderful prophet that learned the right focus. And we thank you that he's teaching us today to focus through and beyond our circumstances. Oh God, we need your help. We need you. Help us today. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.